Welcome back to the Pin Pals podcast, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the pin game and interviews some of the most creative and talented pin makers and shops out there. I'm your host, Eric of Warrior Pins, and it feels great to be back in the swing of things. Now, I know the gap between seasons two and three was a bit longer than expected, but life happens. And if there's one thing I'm learning the hard way, it's to take care of yourself first. Shout out to all the listeners, viewers, Buy Me A Coffee supporters, and Discord members for sticking around and continuing to show the podcast much love. It still blows my mind that we've built an actual community here. I mean, just a couple weeks ago when I was at Patches and Pins Expo in New York City, someone came up to the table, my table, and started talking about the podcast in like a casual conversation. It was surreal. I was freaking out on the inside. My mind was just exploding. So I want to thank all of you guys and gals and everyone in between for the support. It means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Just a couple more things before we jump right into the first episode of season three with Steez McGee. Number one, if you want to support the podcast for as little as $1 a month, you can do so by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. There are tons of perks like discounts at warriorpins.com, behind-the-scenes content, free bonus episodes, free entry to our monthly virtual happy hours, access to our Discord server, and so much more. It's a ton of fun, but best of all, it supports the podcast directly. And if you don't feel like doing the monthly thing, that's fine. You can just buy me a couple cups of coffee, and we'll call it a day. How's that sound? That's buymeacoffee.com slash Pin Pals Podcast. Link will be in the show notes. Number two, ratings and reviews are still very important to the algorithms. So if you haven't done so on whatever platform you're listening or watching this on, help me out. Apple Podcasts and Spotify, give us a five-star rating, leave a rad review. Those go a long way. You're watching on YouTube, go ahead and like the video, leave a couple comments, share the link with your friends. These are all free ways to show your support for the podcast. Lastly, we have a new sponsor. I'm thrilled to announce that Pin Pals is partnering up with Your Stuff Made, an artist-owned pin manufacturer that follows ethical manufacturing practices and guidelines. Yes, that is a mouthful, but let me tell you, Your Stuff Made is a great place to get your pins made. So I reached out to them a few months ago to get some logo pins made, and boy, did that decision change my life. I mean, not only did they produce some clean-looking pins for me, but the ordering process was a breeze. Communication was quick, and the prices were competitive. Best of all, they're now a supporter of the podcast. I mean, what more could you ask for? If you're on the fence about getting pins made because it's too expensive, you don't know where to begin, or communication with your manufacturer is just a headache, go ahead and contact my friends over at Your Stuff Made. I am telling you, it's an easy process and you won't be disappointed. So you want to go to yourstuffmade.com and when you're filling out the quote, let them know that the Pin Pals podcast sent you. Why? Because you're going to get 10% off your order. That's why. And they do more than just pins. They offer custom patches, stickers, keychains, apparels, retail displays, show displays, whatever you want, they can most likely make it for you, which is awesome. So if you're new to the pin game or maybe you're a veteran pin maker looking to switch things up, 
Don't wait any longer. Visit yourstuffmade.com. Let them know the Pin Pals podcast sent you and get 10% off your next order. Now, let's jump right into my conversation with my pin pal, Steez McGee's. Welcome to Pin Pals, John. How's it going? Oh, man, can't complain. Doing good. How are you? Doing good. Staying warm out here in Jersey. What's the uh, what's the situation like in Denver right now? It's actually pretty nice out today. It's, but, you know, that's Colorado for you. One day it's 90 degrees. The next day it's snowing and there's a blizzard outside. So you kind of <laughs> just got to roll with the punches here. <laughs> I like that. I, I've been dying to get myself out there. It just seems like a pretty cool, pretty cool area, pretty hip area. You should, man. It's a, it's a great little trip. They got any pin shows happening over there? Not really, actually. I uh, I was talking to uh, Miguel because he's one, you know, I always talked to about trade shows and everything over at BB Create. And uh, there's not too much out here. They have, you know, like the Fan Expo, which is like Comic-Con out in Denver once or twice a year. And then that's really it. There might be a few little like brewery shows, but there's not anything like, you know, Patches and Pins Expo or anything like that out here. That's like a huge pin dedicated show. Open market. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if Someone's I had the energy taken. to throw an event. <laughs> Dude, that would be pretty cool. I would like to uh, do something like that. Uh, for whatever It'd reason, the other day I had this like vision and um, of just like creating caricatures of pin makers and pin shops, but like in wrestling outfits and it's just like <laughs> fighting each other or like being featured like at the same event or something like that. It's just the poster of everyone just like looking tough and just like idolizing pin makers that way. <laughs> I thought it'd be so funny. <laughs> that would be hilarious, man. I don't even know who I would be. Uh, I don't, I think I would uh, want to be like a, have like a Jeff Hardy pose. Yeah. That'd everyone wants to be, you know, the, the the macho man randy savage you know <laughs> um all right so let's kick things off why don't you tell the listeners uh who you are and your pin shop i'm john and uh steve mcgee is the pin shop um kind of my alter ego if you would say for the design industry um yeah and make pins plushes a bunch of other little knickknack things when did you get started Man, I want to say it was about six years ago-ish, estimated. We're not good at keeping track of time. You know, we always have to scroll to the bottom of our Instagram to remember exactly when we started. Yeah, uh, I do that pretty <laughs> often. It's pretty crazy to see how far you've come, too. It's it's weird, yeah. You know, the old posts, you're like, man, you know, as much as, you know, I don't feel like I've improved too much on the whole photography side of things. It's crazy how much I've improved since then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, six years ago, man, can you paint the picture? What was it like six years ago? It was different. Cause I think when I first started, Instagram was chronological. Um, you know, the timeline wasn't algorithm based. So I feel like we started at a good time to kind of get, you know, nice little traction with just our first three pins we started off with. Um, you know, I'm in the industry of design for my full-time job as well. So it was kind of just, you know, a little side thing. I just kind of wanted to have a little fun, make some things that I wanted to see out in the market mm. and, uh, you know, kind of never really expected it to get where it has today. It's been a really fun ride and, uh, you know, it was kind of a, a fun little project that turned into a little something more and, you know, we, we can't complain about it. We're having a lot of fun still to this day doing it. 
Yeah, I was looking at, uh, you know, just going through the feed and going through the website. And I just kind of put myself in your shoes. And I'm just like, because, you know, you can relate as a pin maker. Like, man, yeah. this guy like started like way back when. It's so cool to see his like journey and his growth. Now he's got freaking plush toys. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, it's 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 been fun. You know, that's that's kind of our thing, though, is we started, like I said, just to create things we wanted to create. You know, we didn't have really any mindset of where we wanted to take Steez. Um just kind of, you know, have, have developed, you know, we released a few pins that, that have done well for us. And, and that kind of allowed us to experiment and make some other fun stuff. You know, the plush thing was something we saw on the market a lot. And we were just like, we wanted to see if we could do one. So we decided to, to produce one. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a fun process. I think it took all in all about six to eight months to, to get those things in our hands, but Whew. that's part of the fun, I guess, you know, all the back and forth I can imagine all the back and forth and like prototypes and stuff like that. Yeah. I think we went through four different prototypes before we actually got the one that we liked. Oh, wow. Yeah. How, how like minute were the changes? Were they like using uh, different fabric or like cotton infill or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> man. I, I wish I had pulled out all four of the old samples cause I have them all. Um, and, you know, it was essentially, this was kind of the final outcome of the first plush that I have here. The first one, you know, we based it off of our pin, which is kind of more in a running pose. For, for anyone listening real quick, is a Kirby bomb. Kirby bomb, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so Kirby it's bomb. a bomb mixed with Kirby. Love it. Fun little, little project we did. And uh, we just kind of figured this would be a good base to start the plushy thing. You know, it's a pretty simple shape. Um, not too much going on with it. So he was originally in a running pose. And so that one, when you try to sit them on a desk, you would sit, you know, sideways. It didn't really work for for the whole sitting on a shelf. And we didn't think about that because, you know, new process, you learn as you go. Mm-hmm. And uh, the key on the back was actually made out of plush, too. So it was really puffy and kind of looked kind of goofy in a way. So we did some research, found a few online that had this sort of material. So it kind of turned into what it is today. But, you know, simple little things. It wasn't anything too crazy. That's wild. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. To yeah, go through all those like, changes. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you said you started off with three pins. Yep. Do, you, do you remember what those three pins were and like what the process was like? Yeah. Yeah. So we did um, our first one was our Bobart, which is a, a Boba T inspired Bart Simpson. Um, let's see here. I got it over here. So this was our first pin. It was a little Boba Boba T Bart and, uh, you know, just got all his pieces as like the little Boba shapes. Um, we did a ass pro shops, which was our little spin on the bass pro shops thing. And, uh, you know, we worked there for five years before we got into our actual field as our first job. So it was kind of just a, you know, fun little poke at the old, old life before getting into design. And then the other one was uh, good vibes. And that was just uh, a fun little, mini pin that just had good vibes on it so i like that and uh yeah as far as process goes uh like i said you know my full-time gig is the uh, art director for a clothing company in colorado so my day-to-day is you know sourcing garments sourcing materials overseas in china so i essentially just went did that same process found a, a supplier i liked and you know it wasn't too out of my realm of what i do day-to-day kind of thing so um you know, I've just grown up collecting pins, so it was kind of just a fun little uh, 
you know, I wanted to dive into them. They were small. They didn't take up a lot of room in the apartment, you know, and they kind of allowed you to still get your ideas across. Yeah, for sure. What did you collect as a kid? Oh, man, I, you know, kind of the normal kid thing is growing up in the 90s. I A lot of Pokemon cards, you know, <laughs> action figures. Um, a lot of people might know like Street Sharks and Transformers. Oh, yes. I, I had tons of those, Hot Wheels. It was, uh, you know, I could run the gamut of things and then kind of video games and cartoons, you know, we're all involved in that. And that's kind of why the pins sort of go that way. Yeah, no, I love it. That's pretty cool. Um, so, so what would you say is like pretty important when trying to, um, because you already had the experience of talking with manufacturers, you kind of knew like the lingo and the expectations and what you had to do to make sure you'd get like a, the product that you're looking for. Um, yeah. What would you say are some like valuable ways to go about doing that? Some like tips to like talking to manufacturers? You know, I, th- I think it's just kind of being upfront. A lot of times, you know, I've noticed that manufacturers will kind of push to sort of get you to place that order, you know, get, get the process moving, try to get you the money and get you do products as soon as possible. Um, I would say I always quote, you know, every pin I have, you know, three to five manufacturers at any time that I'm working with on, you know, this one does hard enamel good. This one does soft enamel good. And uh, just get quotes from all of them. You know, that way, if you see one is super low and one is super high, but you really want to work with the, the one that's really high, you like that manufacturer for a certain reason, you know, try to get them down, get that price, let them know uh, you got a better price from another manufacturer. A lot of the times they'll work with you and get that price down. You know, it may not be the lowest price, but in my opinion, I always kind of take the middle price with a manufacturer I feel comfortable with, mm-hmm. um, you know, just because, you know, the cheapest isn't always the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might work in some cases depending on what you're trying to do but that's kind of my uh my approach is i always kind of gauge it and then try to get a little bit better i like that very strategic smart yeah Sh- shark like been watching yeah. a lot of shark tank <laughs> <laughs> yeah great show yeah um that's pretty cool uh in terms of like uh your designs and just your background and everything um outside of just like the nostalgia content like what what inspires you to like design and create honestly it's just the process i enjoy uh you know getting out there experimenting with new things for example the plushes you know that was just something that i wanted to learn the process behind i wanted to experiment with it and uh you know if i can find the right avenue and maybe something from pop culture inspires me to to make that Mm -hmm. you know jump into a plush that's kind of all it is, is I just kind of entered this to just create things that I want to create. And, you know, that's something I do on a daily basis. Like I just got into over COVID making rugs and it's just because I wanted to learn about the process of doing that, you know? So I think really just the creating and, and learning different processes is kind of what keeps me going. Dude, that's cool, man. I got to drink some of your water. I've been over here like <laughs> making like little like they're cool, like you know, they're different, but like bracelets and and really le- learning um the whole uh mold making with silicone and and resin and stuff like that. But like I I can relate and I can feel that just yeah. like that need to create and it's like, well, you know, well if like the turtles can help inspire, you get like a cool idea based on that. Like it gives you like a really cool starting point, but also like a vision to just like go out there and, and, and create it. 
Absolutely. And man, you've been uh, making me want to jump more and more into the whole 3D thing as well. And, you know, the mold making process, because <laughs> it just it looks so fun. It's just, you know, how much money can I spend on things that I just, you know, want to have fun with, essentially. Oh, my God. Yes, for real. I'm, at, I'm still at the point in my life where I don't have any like major commitments yet. So I'm like, OK, you know, there's like three hundred and fifty dollars for a 3D <laughs> printer and some matte white filament. But uh I will say aside from all like the fun, like articulating stuff, like I uh-huh. uh, I printed out a, a headphone hanger for my shelf. Let me see. Functional. A functional print. And it, it like it printed out a That's screw awesome. separately and like it works. It's like threaded yeah, and everything. It looks great. And uh, in there, and the headphones rest on it. So like before I started recording this episode, I went to go grab my headphones and it was just, ah. That was nice. Yeah. Just yeah, resting it's, it's, there. It makes it worth it. You know, that, that $350 for that <laughs> thing is just going to pay for itself, you know, back and forth. Whether you're selling it or you're just making things for your house, you know, that's, yeah. that's great. It's it's awesome. I, and I think um, just the, the learning curve that comes along with it will like bite you in the ass sometimes. But it's also pretty cool to just like learn new programs and working with new materials and new machineries and Stuff like that yeah. keeps the brain going and, and functioning as we get older. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about um, packaging pins and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, how do you go about, you know, kind of deciding backing cards, how to package your pins? What kind of like experience do you like providing for your customers? It kind of all depends on the pin for me, you know, our standard run of the mill, you know, the curb on pins just go on our like simple yellow backing card. And then, you know, we'll make some, like we just did a collab with uh, the brand pin day and made some blinky lures. So we kind of went more all out for those just because it's a collab, you know, we want to have a little fun with it. And uh, we got some fishing lure packaging, got the backing cards. So they actually go in. So when you receive it in the mail, it looks like you just bought a fishing lure off the shelf. So, you know, it kind of all, all depends on the actual item, but, you know, that's something we like to have fun with from time to time. That's pretty cool. And that was my attempt at a segue <laughs> into opening up this uh, lovely package John sent to us. Um, the big box of Steez. The big Steez box. Now, <laughs> you know... Typically, when people send over pins, they're in like little poly mailers or craft mailers or something like that. Um, it's not very often a box comes through. So when I saw that it was a box, I was like, what the heck? Um, so we're just going to go ahead and open this you. up. I'm going to try and uh, a live unboxing experience here in the podcast. This is the premium content that people love. <laughs> um hopefully they're watching on youtube yeah to like the 60 subscribers on youtube but hey 60 people in the room it's a lot of people that's that's where i watch them at awesome that's cool all right so i'm gonna yeah, try and I hold like, this I, up. I like the visual me too so work with me i'm gonna hold stuff up and then you're gonna kind of go ahead and describe it for our audience cool cool six sticker just a little, I call it the shitty tiger sticker. <laughs> Ooh, I like the pink. <laughs> oh, dude. Curb bomb. 
Get out of here. Had to get you the last plush. My last plush. Okay. How freaking cool is that? The final product. Oh, the antenna moves too. There's like wire. Yep. That's so yeah, cool. Got a little little bean bag in his butt, so it should sit nice on your shelf. You know, not roll over. I feel it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow, you even had to think about that, like figuring out it's like center of gravity or something like that. Yep. Yep. That's crazy. Holy shit! Well, I can tell you that this is well made. Um, dude, I appreciate it. It was a, it was a, like I said, a fun process and a lot of learning to it, but. When you actually get to hold it in your hand, it's, you know, the best feeling, as I'm sure any other maker or someone who's created something. Once you get to actually hold the physical item, you know, not just see it on a screen, it really just kind of like brings the thing to life and brings a smile to your face. Yeah. Oh, my. That's so <laughs> cool. I freaking love Kirby, man. That's awesome. All right. We got a lot of other cool stuff, too. We got a ditto patch. Yep, a little chenille patch. And that one, we just we made a ditto rug as our first rug we created. So we just turned it into like a little mini rug, essentially, is what we call that. You know, use it as a coaster, use it as a patch, whatever you want. Oh, that is cool. I don't know if I ever want to use it because I don't want to get it dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really cool. Um, this is this is still packed with goodies. I think you got the fishing lure packaging in there, too, that we talked about. Hopefully yeah, let's go for that one. <laughs> <laughs> in yeah, the so plastic box. Little, yep. Yep. We sourced a little plastic box and, uh, you know, worked around that kind of thing. Wow. The hooks hang in everything. Yeah. We like to, our, our thing is, we like to try to make pins that are interactive, you know, it kind of makes them a little different and also just poses kind of a challenge to us to try to make it function, you know, like the actual item would. Yeah. So that one wasn't too complex, you know, just a little chain and a hook. It kind of gave it that whole fishing lure vibe. And I see the stripes here screen printed. Nice touch. Yep. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, man, that is cool. In the box and everything, just having it shipped like that. Way cool presentation. It's not the funnest thing to package, but it is great <laughs> when customers appreciate it arriving like that. Dude, oh my gosh. All right, we got a couple of these guys, which is awesome. Monkey in a yep. barrel. Donkey yep, Kong. I sent in a few extras for you. These are going to be cool. Yeah, that one, uh, we had to try out that metallic plating thing, so we, we felt it was a good option for it. You know, that was just, you see a lot of pin makers using those and, and everything, so we were just like, we wanted to make a pin with that, you know, try it out and. It looks so clean, too. Oh, thank you. All credit well, to the manufacturer on that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. The polish job is remarkable. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be cool. Oh, man, dude. Yeah. Like, we're, like you said, I think forgot to mention this, but we're definitely going to be figuring out a giveaway situation with all this stuff. This is like so many goodies. <laughs> you gotta just got to spread the wealth. Absolutely. Dude, this thing is insane. Yeah, so that pin, you know, we based it off of the healing chamber in Dragon Ball Z, and that one actually took about five months to get the mold right. It's so thick. Yeah, it's, it's I think, four millimeters thick or whatever, and uh, to get that, get enough of that character to be able to 3D the character and then get that sheen across the top to give it that look like he's an actual liquid was uh, 
not the easiest process for the manufacturer, but it came out amazing in my opinion. Yeah. Wow. This is really cool. This is something that like my my camera doesn't like auto focus. It's a manual focus thing. <laughs> Otherwise I'd hold it up like a lot closer. But um dude, the details in this thing are really cool. Like the, the clear epoxy came out great. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's clean. But I'll, I'll, oh, sweet number twenty of a hundred. That's pretty cool. But just like, just so like, you can just you can see how thick that is, man. You never see a pin that thick. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's hefty. Hefty boy. Okay, dude. <laughs> so many pins. I love it. Um. Oh, this one's cool. Right. So that one. Uh... Yeah, he doesn't move or anything. It's just dual layered, just to give that that effect. Like he's running up the stairs. You know, everyone played that that Mario sixty four game back in the day, and uh, the endless stairs at Bowser's Castle, where you know you're running up. So we took that inspiration, took the old graphic, you know, that everyone knows the infinite stairs, and kind of just combined the two to make it Dude, nostalgic so in a cool. way. And uh, it was our first ever dual layered pin, so dual layered pin yep we out here so being attached. innovative <laughs> yeah that is so cool dude wow i like that pin never seen yeah. anything like that before i'm just gonna give uh a quick close-up of these guys too because nice they just look so good yeah, you know, there, there's been times where, you know, I feel like we've done things, not first, but we've taken a lot of things that we've seen other pin makers doing and, you know, maybe changed them to use them as something that, you know, is new, something that, you know, we've never really seen on the market, whether it is on there, we just couldn't find it, or, you know, it is something new. Uh, we like to just, just experiment with these things and we got to give credit because there are a lot of like great pin makers out there that are just figuring out new methods and ways to kind of improve the pins. You know, you would think there's only so many ways that you can update and find new innovations for something this size and, you know, <laughs> little metal, little metal piece of uh, hardware and uh, people are just finding ways to innovate all the time. And it's, it's awesome to see. I love seeing it. Uh, these are, this is a really funny yeah, just little little lazy characters thrown into that mashup. Just, you know, that's kind of what we got known for early on is mashups. Yeah, shout out to Thumbs One and T Crux. You know, they're always ones that we're following and good friends with the other mashup kings. And uh, so we've kind of continued to do that throughout our pin journey is just make some fun little mashups, whether they make sense or not. You know, we enjoy making them like this one yep yep that was the first one i think that ever got me and you in contact was just uh talking about the crank pins yeah and i think you have uh krang like krang's body or like there's a triangle krang I think. yeah we did a, 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 we like to do these also too just stupid plays on words and it's yeah. tri krangle <laughs> uh yes it's on my board actually bam proof yep yep and i think that's just one of those ones that you know it makes no sense doesn't have really any meaning behind it but Check it looks great it, it looks funny number three but also 
just that little bit of pink up there. Yep. Yep. Just filling in the lemon. Like and it's that. funny because actually that was not planned. That was something that our manufacturer just sent with a little bit of pink enamel in the back. And I was like, cool, I'll take it. <laughs> they didn't add anything to the cost or, you know, they just kind of surprised us with that one. Okay. We have uh, a bunch more stuff. Um, this is also really cool. Magikarp like cracker. Yep. Just our snack series. So it's just yes. supposed to look like a goldfish. Yep. <laughs> I like that. Um, okay. This is like a must, I guess, with the plush curb yep. bomb pin. Pin that, in, pin that inspired it all. Nice hard enamel with some cool screen printed finishes. I dig that. Oh, is yeah, that a rose gold finish? Yep. Yep. I like that. Uh, some good luck charms. <laughs> some curb berries for you. The logo, little magnet. Yep. Really cool. Um, <laughs> Who's this? This is red. No, that's uh, that's the Keaton mask from uh, Zelda, Majora's Mask back in the day. You know, the background did make me think Zelda, but for whatever reason, <laughs> I thought of uh, the, the the bootlegger in Animal Crossing Red. It does look like red. You're right. Now that you say that, I wonder if they were inspired by red. Subconsciously. Or if they were inspired by that mask to make red. That's cool. I like that. Just like that 3D finish you got going on for it. Yeah, we've seen, you know, everybody's done that mask in pin form, but I don't think anybody's done it 3D molded yet. So it was kind of just more something that we wanted to see in the world. So here we are. I dig that. Okay. I got the one that I really want to talk about. I'll save that one for last. We got these two. Cool. Yep, a little Star Wars nostalgia. And again, so these are just plays on words, what we like to do. So that's a Porg apple, pineapple, Borg. And then the other one is the one that people don't understand when they see it, but it's a soup, Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> so just, you know, just playing on words and uh, having fun making things that, that make it work. I love it. I love it. Okay. And this one, this one I'm really stoked about. I'm going to... I'm going to take it off the backing card. And uh, this is your latest release, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. Bob's Burgers in the house. So this is our, our Tina twerking pin. And this one, oh. man, I, I want to give accurate information, but it took so long that I don't know if I'll even be able to give accurate information. <laughs> I think we ended up doing six different molds. So we paid for six different mold costs. Um, Holy I think cow. three stamp, yeah, three different samples of it. Um, and obviously, you know, there's three different pieces to it. So we had to change up the top mold, the bottom mold. The only mold I don't think that ever changed was the arm. So everything else had to change to make it function because the first one we got the uh, movement was too short, so she didn't go. She only went, you know, about that far. So it didn't really give the the twerking action that tina provides <laughs> and so we had to update that make the hole a little bit bigger in the leg and then when we did that we forgot to test out the original pin and we realized that we had a post on the head and one on the body so when you actually put it on your hat it didn't look like she was twerking you know you couldn't make it twerk when it was actually attached to something oh my gosh so then we had to go back to the drawing board and figure out if we could actually you know add two posts on the bottom and and make it function when it was actually being worn so all we did for that one was we added a little bit of extra metal that you'll never see for that post to attach to 
So that way, when it's actually attached to something, she can do the, the twerking action with the top of her body. Ingenuity. So it's, you know, you know, it's just something you don't think about when you're, you're designing this, you know, and you actually have to pay for the mold and get the sample in person to see if it works. And we're just glad we didn't, you know, jump right into production and yeah. pay, you know, all the money and actually get an incorrect sample. That's crazy. So I, I, forgive me if you mentioned this, I'm just like kind of lost in, cause I'm, I'm thinking like how I would go about doing something like this Yeah, and it would just be like me and, in and, probably not even procreate because I wouldn't know where to begin just like pencil and paper trying to sketch out trying to figure out the movement and stuff like that did you have like a uh, like a caliper like you're measuring like things and trying to figure out like the exact distance and shapes and stuff like that like the angle of the torque <laughs> no unfortunately it was a lot more uh it was a lot more ridiculous than that so we just uh we designed like probably 10 different pieces on the computer, you know, just taking different parts of her body and just having it so that we could, you know, sort of figure out how the motion would work, if it would work. Because at first, you know, it was an idea, but it, it might have never came true. We printed them all off and basically I took a, a staple, flattened out a staple and just punched it through different parts of it and just kind of like moved it on my desk just to see if it would, you know, kind of get that, that general movement. And uh, we ended up settling on these three pieces. And uh, luckily I talked to the manufacturer and uh, somehow they didn't have any recommendations on things for the original one. So they just produced a sample and uh, it kind of worked. And that's kind of, I guess, the beautiful thing about having like a manufacturer that you work with all the time is, you know, you can send them something like this. And a lot of times their artists will take what you sent them and say, Hey, you know, we think this might work better or, you know, just give you other ideas in the actual manufacturing process. So luckily this one worked, you know, it kind of helped that they were able to just make the hole in the leg bigger without me sending new artwork. I just kind of communicated to them that we wanted to make it bigger and, you know, they were able to do it without me spending too much time on the back end. But I think that's a kind of a value thing that we learned early on is like become friends with your manufacturer in a way, you know, pay, pay a little bit more, you know, just build that good reputation, push a bunch of pins through them right at the beginning and uh, they will help you out in the long run. That's incredible, man. Uh, good on you for being able to produce this and have like a team, if you will to like help you bring this to life because it's just it just feels so like precise and delicate when you're dealing with something so small you know that right like, just that cut out right by her leg too just looks like it could like i like i don't know i'm just amazed that <laughs> i drop it i'm just amazed uh by it too it's just cool this is like i see i was talking with someone else the other day and it was like what's the current state of the pin game? And, you know, sometimes, you know, depending on what day you, you what day it is or like how you're feeling, like it could just feel very cluttered. On other days, yeah. it can feel like you're it, part of a community that's just so like just inspiring and inspiring yourself to like create, like you see like all your friends like creating cool stuff. And you're like, man, I got to kick it up. Like I want to be able to create cool stuff. It's not like a competition, but you you just get like this drive to create. And this is the stuff that like 
I talk about when I see like, that's just like so inspiring. And it's like, Oh man, dude, what else can we do? Like, this is so yeah. cool. We, I mean, I appreciate it. Cause yeah, that's, that's definitely how it feels some days on Instagram, you know, I mean, you know, there's so many pin makers out there right now. And, and the thing is, is that a lot of them are, are creating great stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there, it, there's none out there that aren't creating something that's awesome. You know, it's, it's kind of great to see. And that's kind of what I like about the pin community, you know, in a whole, obviously there's, there's some bigger dogs out there, that, you know, kind of don't want to maybe see the, the success of others, but for the most part, the 95% of the pin makers are very looking out for each other. You know, they love sharing each other's work, you know, promoting for other people. And it's kind of a, everybody wins sort of community. Yeah. And boy, let me, I'm, I'm seeing it in a different way. Like being on the East coast, you don't get to really connect with a lot of the pin makers because the, the events don't really happen out here. Yeah. So I'm sure, you know, it might be different for folks out on the West coast, but like, it's one thing to see the pin community through your phone and through like these pictures of how everyone wants their brand to, to, to come off and appear and stuff like that. But it's another thing to like get a sense of the pin community when you're talking with people, like even if it's through a Zoom call, like yeah. there's just so many awesome people that you like sometimes you just don't know. And, and it makes that like connection and their pins that much cooler, knowing that it came from like people who like really worked for it or people who were, like really, you know, creating for the right reasons and stuff like that. And uh, absolutely. I, so cool. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, most of the people listening know that most of these pin companies are run by, you know, husband and wife or just one person, you know, it's not a large team of people. So a lot of times when people like hit me up on Instagram and I reply, they seem kind of shocked, but it's like, I'm the one on Instagram, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything for the most part. And, uh, you know, I, I love talking to people who reach out on Instagram, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of cool for me to talk to people. And I think, uh, that's kind of a cool part, you know, I'll just bring up Miguel again from BB Create. You know, we got started being friends when we randomly just reached out to each other on Instagram. He had his first pin out, and I think we were maybe like four pins deep at the time. So really early on, and we just did a pin trade, and we've become, you know, best of friends through just Instagram. You know, I don't think we actually met each other till like three years ago in person. Wow. You know, just one of these events I showed up, he invited me out to California. It was my first California event that he was throwing. And, uh, you know, that kind of changed my whole perspective on everything, flying out to a show and, you know, actually meeting all these people that I talk to on Instagram all the time. That's wild. I remember going to my first Patches and Pins Expo and be like, I follow you. Holy shit, I follow you. Wait, I know you. Wait, you're such and such? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I'm sure there were people there who thought the same for you too. You know, it's just, Oh, you actually came out to the show. It's, it's really cool. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. So before we move on, I just want to say thanks for sending this incredible package out. This is, uh, awesome. Uh, we're definitely going to like figure out some sort of giveaway by the time that this airs. So I don't know, probably listen to the intro or outro of this episode. Yeah, for, for whatever the rules and, and, and stuff like that are maybe it'll be like an end of season thing i don't know but stay tuned for that um so you mentioned um instagram and like in the early days just being able to connect with people and stuff like that kind of want to talk about marketing for a little bit um yeah 
what are your like uh what are your marketing efforts like um you know how do you get your pins out there to like the right audience man i gotta say we're we're still learning about the whole marketing <laughs> side of thing you know that's 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 one of the areas where we need to grow so much um and i say we because it's a lot of time just me and my wife who are, are doing it and you know my photography not the greatest. Luckily, she's got a better eye for photography. I can design all day, but as soon as you get me behind the camera, I can't do anything. So um, luckily, I have her to take some nicer photos of the product before we release them. And then, you know, we'll just post on Instagram, you know, try a week leading up to the, the drop to get in front of as many people as possible. Um, we've tried a few videos on TikTok, no avail yet, but, you know, we haven't <laughs> dove fully into that yet. Um, we've tried the Twitter thing. We've tried. Uh, reddit and doing some subreddit posts here and there and that has shown a little bit of success and then you know we have our mailing list as well where we try to send out you know an email before every drop and okay. uh you know offer offer a few promo codes in there stuff like that just to incentivize people to sign up um but we're not experts at marketing by any means you know we're still just trying to have fun and hoping that people see it through instagram's algorithm and uh eventually you know find us through that um we've been doing a lot more with etsy as of recently we didn't have an etsy store i don't think up till maybe a year and a half ago just because we had our online store so we decided to give it a shot you know put some pins on there that maybe weren't selling on our actual website and uh their ads on etsy work pretty well you know we do you know two or three dollars a day i think on etsy ads depending on the month and uh we see a, a pretty good amount of sales, even through that little bit of little bit of money being put into Etsy. Yeah, it's it, it's it's weird. Like if if you have the money, even like five to ten dollars, like for your yeah. budget or something like that, I've seen that it it works. And I'm just like, it might be like yeah. one sale a day, but I'm like, that's one sale that I didn't it, have, and it compounds over time, like for just a couple absolutely. bucks. And you don't have to do anything. It's just literally just like clicking it on and then selecting what listings you want to be. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was super nice. You know, we've tried Facebook and Instagram ads, and, you know, they've, they've done okay sometimes, but other times I feel like, you know, we're paying for, for to not be seen essentially. You know, we get a, thousands and thousands of views, but we get like one click. Mm hmm. And, you know, I'm like, there's no way that if 10,000 people saw this, that only one person clicked it, you know, it's just not, I don't, I don't feel like math works that way, but maybe there was only one person. So we've kind of steered away from the Etsy or the uh, Instagram ads for the time being, just till we figure them out. And I think that's really it. You know, we were just doing it, you know, throwing, throwing rocks at a wall and hoping, hoping <laughs> they stick and no rocks were sticking. So We've been doing more research, but you know, like I said, it's a, it's a learning process for sure. And it changes all the time. It changes. It's just when you think you have a grasp on it, it just it, it changes. <laughs> exactly. And uh, that's why I laughed in the beginning. Cause it's like, you're still trying to figure it out. Like I'm still trying to like write the manual and yeah. just like be consistent and just like, you know, be timely about everything. And, but dude, it's just exhausting. Yeah. I mean, you know, I came into it, you know, as, as the design guy, you know, not the, <laughs> the marketing guy. And then, you know, you, you quickly realize that you become everything, you know, yeah. the, the shipping and fulfillment, the marketing, and, and you really do kind of have to, to sit down and just grind till something works. 
so let's see. Oh, what what platform are you running your shop on? Right now, Big Cartel, but we're actually looking to switch to Shopify. They've been working on kind of a, a new redesigned website through Shopify. Oh, okay, cool. What uh, What's luring you? Haha, <laughs> get it? Luring you to Shopify. Just the, the amount of customization. You know, the, the company that, that I work for full-time is on Shopify. So I've, you know, gotten a dive sort of into the back end of that website. And it just kind of appeals to me more. You know, Big Cartel was just the cheapest and sort of the the most effective in the beginning. And we just stuck with it because it's what we had, but hmm. we just thought it was kind of time to switch it up and, you know, just see how Shopify goes for us. So, you know, it was just a kind of a random decision in a way, but we've only heard good things about Shopify. So yeah, Shopify is cool. The amount of customization that you'll be able to do is cool. Um, yeah. The, the apps on there is just, it seems like infinite. So the we've apps, been watching a lot of YouTube. The analytics too, the reporting yes. and stuff like that, that it can like provide and, and spit out. Oh, yeah. Great. Eh? Yeah. I mean, I feel like Big Cartel, we've been on it, you know, for the six years or so that we've been in business. And I feel like they haven't really upgraded much other than, you know, added an app here and there. And that kind of, kind of is what steered us away because it, it's working fine, but, you know, fine doesn't really cut it all the time. Yeah um how do you uh plan out your releases do you like sit down like every quarter and just be like okay i, I want to get these five designs out no <laughs> no we just we kind of just we have our, our list on our phone of things that we want to design you know what things we come up with while driving um you know things that we just while we're sleeping think of and then i'll just throw it on the list i'll wake up in the middle of the night jot it down on the list just so i don't forget it and if I design it and I think it looks cool, then usually I'll just release it if I have the budget. So there's really no plans other than if we're going to a big event like designer con or, you know, something like that, then we'll sort of try to plan out what we want to drop a designer con, whether it's based on what the show's theme is or, you know, things like that. But other than that, we're kind of just, just throwing out random designs whenever we feel like it. And I wish I had, I wish I had a serious answer, but I no, no. I mean, that's very much how it is sometimes. That's like, I've been running like with that mentality, not mentality that like, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Like that's how I've been running things for, for quite a while. I'm trying to stay ahead of the curve and be like ahead, like one or two releases or something like that. But it's just, yeah. it's just so hard. And I'm sure it's hard with you now that you have like, you're making rugs, you're making plushies and you're venturing out to some like other stuff too. So I feel like there's always something cooking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, like I said, you know, this brand, it's, it's never been a brand that, you know, we had plans of becoming a big corporation from you know it's just a a brand for fun you know and that's what it still is today you know we release what we want we just kind of we want to still have enjoyment with it you know we have i think i have about two other business ideas that i want to start you know in the next year or two and they're kind of falling into the same little small trinket sort of deal hmm. and those will be more serious you know we'll plan out the releases kind of dive into a little bit more but steve mcgee kind of will always just be sort of like releasing what we want collaborating with our friends and the, the pin community and just kind of trying to make something that doesn't have as much stress involved you know there's always going to be stress involved with any business running but you know this one we just kind of want to make what we want and hopefully people like it 
You got a fan out here in Jersey since. I appreciate it. I mean, I don't know how long it was that I picked up those pins from you. Probably like four or five, six years ago, somewhere around that, somewhere around that time. Easily. But yeah, it, it's just cool to 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 see that growth and just you know, um, as a pin maker, you just can't help but wonder, like, oh man, what wonder what it must be like to have like all these projects going on, just like you know. It's just cool. Just going back to what we said earlier, just creating for the sake of just like creating just because it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just the, the process. It's all fun. Seeing, seeing something from start to finish, you know, you can't really beat that feeling. It's such a good feeling. Um, so speaking of good feelings, give me uh, the opposite of good feeling. <laughs> give me, um, share with me a mistake that maybe you've made in the past uh, six years, something that like was a hard lesson learned. Terrible. Man, to that question. There's, but. <laughs> no, there's, there's, there's a, there's a bunch of them, you know, as a business, it's all about learning. So, you know, we've had manufacturers that have basically taken money from us because they'll send us a product. That's not what we agreed on. And, you know, then they will just ghost you. There's nothing you can really do about it other than send them a few emails, try for it. And, uh, you know, I have a bin sitting under my shelf of, you know, hundreds of pins that had defects to them, you know, that we didn't feel good selling, um, you know, or they just came out completely incorrect and wow. we'll sometimes just give them to friends and family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that'll happen. It's just, you know, the way of the game and, uh, you know, you can try to prevent it as much as you want, but sometimes you'll have, uh, things like that happen. Um, reorders you know we've made a mistake on a reorder once or twice thinking that there was a whole lot of people wanting it and then they kind of just sat for us but in the end of the day it's not that's not the end of the world for us you know they'll go eventually it's kind of just one of those things where you're like hoping for that immediate like boost in sales real quick once those products arrive you know you're bringing them back the people wanted them and then you get two orders so you know those are those are kind of the hard days the bad days but all in all it's 95% 95% of the time it's like I'll smile on my face doing it. And you know, that's all that really matters at this point. That's cool, man. That's awesome. And it sounds like you're just trying to do things so that it's less stressful for you trying to just like organize things in like a more strategic way, maybe not trying to tackle on too many projects and stuff like that uh, at once. So that's, that's, it's cool. It's admirable. Exactly. Um, thank you for opening up about these mistakes. I know it could be hard, but you know, maybe someone can learn from them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost a guarantee. You know, if someone runs a business without a mistake or something bad happening, I commend them and I need to get up on a mentor call with them to see how they're doing it. But you know, it's just, (laughs) just how things go. It's, it's the way of the world. Mistakes happen. Um, on the flip side, what do you think are some of the, the proudest accomplishments you've been able to, uh, achieve? Oh, um, I mean, so many that I didn't think it were ever going to happen. You know, my first pin selling out, you know, that was one of the coolest feelings for me was just seeing someone, you know, a hundred pins to some, it may not be a lot to me when I first started the fact that hundred people spent their hard earned money on a pin that I made was the coolest feeling. Um, and I would say probably the second thing was just being able to, able to attend an event like designer con, 
as a, uh, a pin maker was a really cool feeling the first time, you know, they accepted an application and I was able to fly out to California, be around all these other huge brands that I look up to and, uh, you know, just vend a show like that. That's so cool. That's like big league game, big league shows. That's, that's what it felt like to me. <laughs> I can only imagine. Look, like if I thought like Patches and Pin Expo was uh, like a long day, I can only imagine what a designer con is like. Yeah, it's it it's long, but you know it, it doesn't feel that long because you're just getting to talk to people all day, and you know it's uh it actually is pretty short overall feeling. What do you think are uh, some important things to keep in mind when you're attending a pin show, like vending? Um, we've had a few issues with like internet. So I would just, you know, always have a backup plan for internet. Um, you know, that was one of the biggest things um, that we felt, but we're still so new to events. You know, I think we've maybe done seven total events in our time as a pin maker because uh, Colorado, they don't have too many events out here. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's one of those things where a lot of the events we're doing, were flying to California or elsewhere to, to vend at. So just, just making sure that, you know, if you're, if you're traveling, making sure that your booth works to travel, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, we decided to do a lemonade stand for our first ever booth. And, uh, we didn't really think about it, but that, posed a lot of problems as far as getting that lemonade stand there because it was two giant boxes and luckily we have a lot of friends that we've made throughout the years who live in california who were able to get the packages for us and bring them to the event for us and then reship them out for us you know oh, wow. at the end of the day but, but um, if we didn't have those people you know we would have really been struggling to get our booth to these events we would have just had to kind of set things out on the table um and then the biggest thing that we learned too is don't overpack but that's one of the hardest things to gauge out there is <laughs> overpacking and underpacking because you don't want to leave money on the table if you didn't bring enough of one pin, but you don't want to be carrying home 500 extra pins that you brought with you. So um, that's something we still haven't figured out, but we've definitely slimmed down on what we bring to these shows as far as quantities go. That's cool. That's, uh, you know, I, I still got to pull the trigger. I've been saying this going to be like the third season now that I, I really want to get out to the west coast and do that and it's like yeah it, do it. it doesn't have to be that much and right at the beginning of this call i was telling you i wanted to like deconstruct my uh my yep. current stand and just make it a lot easier to bring around because like it would be cool to be like to be in my head <laughs> like a uh a vagabond from a jack kerouac book and he's just <laughs> slinging pins in denver he's going to phoenix yep. and then two weeks in California then he's going to patches and pins in Chicago or something like that and it's just like a suitcase or just like knowing a couple That'd people around life. the country ship them the box like the logistics are there it's just a matter of Eric pull the trigger man what are you waiting for yeah there, there's some pin makers I've seen do it I'll, I'll bring up nerd pins because that dude can travel and sell pins like no other I've seen a setup and he is he is closed down before everybody else. He'll just be chilling at the booth at the end of the day. And, you know, <laughs> while everyone else is packing up their giant booth and two seconds later, it's fully packed and he's out of there. You know, it's uh, he's, he's got it down to system, but that guy's doing, you know, two to three events every single weekend. He's, he's killing it as far as that goes. 
Yeah. That, see, that's the thing I think with like um, pin businesses or really almost any business, really, like the more you put yourself out there, the more you're going to see mm-hmm. like in return. And that dude's like, like you said, he's been slinging pins since like the beginning yeah. of time. <laughs> like since yeah. a pin game strong was probably like a hashtag or something like that. Like, yeah, um, probably. Yeah, he's even made his way out to New York a couple times for the patches and pins. Uh, we linked up at the uh, at a couple pop up events that happened at Pintrel when they still had like their store in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a he's one of the best out there. Not only as far as like slang and pins, but just a, an all around good guy. Yeah, he's 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 given me a lot of insight and things like that. You know, he'll uh, if you ever have any questions, you know, he's one I would recommend talking to because. He's just so knowledgeable after all these years doing it. Facts. Facts. True, true, true. Um, all right. So we reached the last portion of the podcast, which is kind of like a rapid fire, this or that. All right. We're going to have some fun. We're going to try and end on a high note. Um, Let's do it. So um, looking by your pins, I feel like I'm going to know the answer to this first one. Soft enamel or hard enamel? It all depends on the design for me, but lately, uh, when I when I first started, it was soft enamel, but I've been leaning towards hard enamel a lot lately because of the screen printing and all that detail you can add that way. But yeah, it really all depends on the design for me. I had a feeling you were going to say hard enamel. I think almost all of these are hard enamel. It's just... Yeah, unless you're so trying nice. to get that like really cartoony look, like that's why I did soft enamel on Tina is just, you know, it really gives you that that cartoon look with the soft enamel, I feel like. <laughs> uh dyed enamel <laughs> pins or glow in the dark enamel pins oh man that's a tough one i i really like glow in the dark so we'll say glow in the dark on that one sick rubber backings or metal butterfly backings rubber all day rubber all day make sure you use a rubber oh fun <laughs> <laughs> they're like different colors yeah, uh, I didn't even like pay attention. Oh, some of them are different colors. Some of them are the same color. I like that though. Yep, yeah. Colored rubber backings are fun. If the factory lets you do it, why not? Yeah, sure. Take advantage of that. Um, yep. Are you hashtag pin game strong or hashtag pin game proper? Usually pin game strong, but we also have our own pin game steezy. Oh, pin game steezy. Yeah, so we use that one too. <laughs> that's probably our favorite that's probably our favorite even though we're the only one using it you know it's it's our favorite <laughs> oh i like that that one's cool okay cool i gotta check that one out um i'm gonna invade that one and just add that into my set please do get someone else in there <laughs> uh are you a pin addict or a pin collector man i don't feel like there's a difference when it comes to me but i'm definitely a, a pin collector um at this point i've got so many boards it's kind of uncontrollable at this point <laughs> where's your favorite place to rock a pin usually uh i'll do like on a hoodie or a jacket okay on a hoodie nice what's been your favorite pin if you could like pick like one or two different pins or projects um any any particular standout you Man. got a lot of cool stuff so this is gonna be so hard. this w- yeah, this one is probably my favorite just because it was the first really interactive pin we did. And this was the Homer sliding into the bushes pin. And, uh, you know, that was 
that was kind of like when I really started getting interested in like the whole interactive side of pins and not just producing, you know, a single layered pin. Um, either that one, or I had a lot of fun uh, doing like this, uh, the Shenazard pin, which I ended up making like 28 different colorways of. And it was just like two of my favorite things back when I was a kid was, you know, the Pokemon and the, the Dragon Ball Z. So I mixed the two characters and uh, this one, I don't know if it'll ever release, but we actually decided to make that one into a plushie too. So first look <laughs> at the, the Shenazard, the Shenazard plushie, just because we wanted to make it. Pin Pals exclusive but, uh, unreleased plushie. There you go. <laughs> but I'd say, I'd say those are probably my favorite two pins that I've made. Hell yeah. That's really cool. That's definitely something to be proud of. A lot of fun. Uh, last question. John, what are the little things in life for you? I think uh, really I kind of said it before, it's just creating and, and, and learning how to create things. You know, I think that's uh, the thing that kind of keeps me going day to day. Um, and when it's not creating, you know, just trying to be outside and sort of, you know, embracing Colorado for what it is, whether it's, you know, the winter and snowboarding or just getting outside and hiking when it's summer. I think those are kind of like the little things that, that really bring happiness to me, you know, in a world of craziness. For real. Like you definitely have a lot to escape to in Colorado. A yeah. Lot of fun stuff to do. Ah, yeah. uh, well, that's awesome. That's really cool, man. Time flew by. I can't believe it's been like really an did. hour. Holy cow! Um, yeah, I, for, first first podcast was a good experience, man. You're you're really good at the hosting, and uh, I love watching the episodes. Oh man, well, I appreciate it. Thank you for being one of the the YouTube subscribers. That's awesome. Just the fact that people Absolutely. like are tuning in, let alone like actual pin makers that like you know you like <laughs> admire and think are cool and stuff like that. Like it's pretty cool. Appreciate that. Um, I'm gonna give you the four. I'm learning things from them. Bam! Hey, can I get an <laughs> amen? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna give you the floor. I'm gonna give you. Uh, feel free to give out any shout outs, uh, any thank yous. Let the people know where they can find you and uh, what you have coming up. Oh man, I got a uh, nothing coming up anytime soon. Uh, you know, we got a few pins released. Obvious, a uh, few pins to release. Uh, here probably after Chinese New Year. So we got a, a little while in between the next drop. But uh, just keep an eye on Instagram. We're just having fun, you know, dropping stuff randomly here and there. We've got a few ideas for other projects coming up and uh, hopefully we'll be able to see them to fruition. Um, as far as shout outs, just shout out to the Pin Pals podcast. <laughs> for helping people learn, you know, who want to who wanna learn more about the pin industry. You know, it's a, it's a great little tool to you know give people some insight if they want to start making pins too because if you have an idea and you want to make a pin i say just just do it it's not a crazy investment you know and if if you really enjoy the design you're putting out there other people will too mm -hmm. just like uh miguel from from bb create said in our ep in his episode um we just kind of opened the door you know, you guys can yeah. come on in. We're gonna we'll show you like you know how to do things, where we get things made, and stuff like that. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not something you know. I'm not hiding the the golden secret to making pins. You know, everyone else who's doing it has figured it out. And uh, you know, if people have questions, you know, like I said, hit me on Instagram. 
if I see your message, we'll, we'll chat back and forth. I'll give you any more insights I can, you know, it's, it's all fun to me to help people learn and uh, make things. And what's your Instagram handle? It's Steez, S-T-E-E-Z, period, McGee, M-C-G-E-E. Boom. And the website, hit the people with the URL. There we go. It's probably backwards on the screen, but steezmcgee.com. <laughs> there it is. Oh, man. I really wish uh, you're going to have to send me a picture of the lemonade stand booth. That sounds awesome. I will. Good stuff. I will. Um, well, John, thank you again for your time. This has been a blast. Uh, we'll be in touch very soon. Um, but until then, I hope you have a good night. And uh, thanks again for being rad. Same to you. Thanks for having me on. All right. Peace. Peace.